Welcome to Democratic Campaigns. I am Dan Johnson, your host. And here with me today is my friend Jake Braun. Jake was the uh, Deputy National Field Director for the Obama campaign in 08 and uh, is one of the guys that they call on to help out uh, high-level stuff. Was in the war room at the DNC uh, when I was uh, helping with the Illinois delegation. Um, and I'm going to ask Jake to introduce himself on his um, exciting business stuff as well, and then we'll get into it. All right. Uh, Dan, thanks for having me. Um, I'm honored to be your first guest uh, <laughs> yeah. at this, at this uh, uh, wonderful endeavor you've got going on here. So, yeah, I was the National Deputy Field Director in 2008, um, went on to be the White House Liaison to Homeland Security. Uh, subsequent to that, I started a company um, with some former Obama people and some other folks uh, called Cambridge Global Advisors. I'm the um, CEO of that, and I do uh, do some campaign work on uh, different uh, races and so on. Right now, I'm advising the Michigan Democratic Party. Um, and uh, in 16, I was out in Michigan at the end uh, and saw kind of how everything uh, unfolded there. So, yeah. um, you know, both have been doing this, uh, you know, nationally back in, in a way when we used to win everything and, <laughs> and unfortunately <laughs> recently when we don't. Right. So, yeah. yeah. Um, well, that's awesome. And a guy, you know, to me, I always like, uh, you know, operatives that are still walk precincts, you know. My kids, uh, I brought them out to Grand Rapids and they knocked doors for Hillary in the general about two weeks before the election. Um, and I, I knocked doors with them. So not only me, but my, my six-year-old twin children uh, <laughs> walk precincts now, whether they like it or not. And how do they? How do the people say no to a kid, right? That's the whole reason they're there. <laughs> right. Do they convert anybody? Uh, well, it's easy to lie to small children, so I, I'm not really sure. Yeah. Um, but people said they were going to vote for it. Nice. Um, I mean, I guess this goes to a larger point, which is that we weren't talking to undecideds. Um, we were only talking to uh, GOTV targets, which... You know, since it wasn't uh, four days out from the election, you would think there would be some undecideds on our list that my two cute kids could have helped uh, work over. But um, alas, right. we weren't talking undecideds in Michigan yeah. or anywhere, I guess. Well, you know, that brings up a good point where it feels like a lot of campaigns have this um, idea that, look, until maybe Labor Day, maybe we're doing voter registration and we're IDing our supporters. And then after Labor Day, what we're done with is finding new citizens that aren't registered to vote or persuading people. Mm -hmm. And it feels like some campaigns um, are, are very get out my pluses, get out my base, and that's it. Mm -hmm. Do you, are you seeing that? Yeah, I mean, I don't know when this happened. Like in 08, um, and frankly, it wasn't just 08, you know, 06, 04, I mean, you know, go, you can go back pretty far, you know. The way you started a campaign was you were like, okay, well, what number do I need to get to to win, right? That seems like a pretty basic question and right. kind of the first question you would ask. You can't get to your win number without winning over some undecideds. It is nearly impossible uh, to do that. And so therefore, the way we used to do this was you'd get your win number and then you'd figure out what, in, for a general election, we refer to the dead dog Democrat number as, meaning that you could run a dead dog and they would get this many votes, right? right, right. Um, as long as they had a D behind their name on the ballot. Which is nice because the alliteration is triple D. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Well, um, so you start with that dead dog Democrat number 
And then you say, okay, well, great. So what's the difference between that number and the number I need to win based on what I think turnout's going to be? And then from there you say, okay, great. So how many um, Democrats are there that are not uh, super likely to come out but might come out if we you know, bug them and tell them why this is important and so on? And then you figure out what that number is and say, okay, what proportion of them could I maybe get out to vote? Yeah. Um, and you say, okay, great. So that number added to my dead dog Democrat number. So what do I got left? Okay, well, whatever that is, then I got to go look at all the undecideds or the persuadables, as we used to refer to them, and say, okay, so of that universe, what percentage of them do I need to get to get me to my win number? And then those three numbers together, well, four numbers, really, your win number, um, and then you subtract from that your dead dog Democrat number, and then you subtract from that the proportion of sporadic voting Democrats you think you can get out, and then you take that number and figure out what number of persuadables you, you need to win. Well, for whatever reason, they stopped doing that. I don't know why. Yeah. Uh, sometime when I was in the administration and I wasn't doing campaigns, they just decided we don't do that anymore, I, which I don't understand. But that's the way you're supposed to do it. Right. And, um, and so what that necessitates is you wind up having to talk to some undecideds, yeah. right? Because they're a part of the math to get to, to victory. Yeah. And so one of the things that we found in 2008, um, uh, John Carson and I were, were sitting there looking at the performance of voters that we had talked to versus voters that we had not. Hmm. And we rarely would actually say the, the number of how much better they performed than voters we hadn't talked to because it's kind of an unbelievable number. It was it was nearly 20%, which I actually don't believe yeah. um, could possibly be true. But it was, in every case, double digits better. Huh. So if we had talked to a voter, if one of our volunteers had talked to a voter, they were performing double digits better than voters, the same type of voter that we had not spoken to. And, the, and so, and let me just emphasize, these are not paid canvassers. These are the volunteers that if a campaign... Correct. So, volunteers. Yeah, to say, look, here's your precinct or here's your area. These are the 50 people that I'd like you to knock on a stranger's door and talk to about Barack Obama or even better, the Democratic Party, but, you know, usually the candidate. Mm -hmm. um, that is what moves persuadables or sporadic voting Democrats into actually voting in your um, experience. Absolutely. And, and I think that the um, repeated contact uh, by a well-trained paid canvasser yeah. um, can have the same effect. The um, I remember, you know, it was funny, in, in the primaries in 08, um, they didn't do, uh, they didn't, you know, pay people to canvas. Yeah. Um, you know, Barack Obama was the first African-American candidate. You know, it, it just it it wasn't necessary yeah, to, right. to, to pay people to go out and canvas, especially in the African-American community. Well, in the general election, um, I don't know, people probably forget, but the Latino community was voting primarily for Hillary Clinton in the primary. Right. And so, you know, we part of the Obama coalition to, to get to our vic, uh, win number or victory number was was we really had to turn out a good amount of the Latino population. And uh, we wound up having to run uh, canvases where we had paid staff who were going out and knocking on doors. And I remember that this one young woman who had worked all through the primary had done probably 15 election days during the primary um, said to me like there's no way we're doing a paid canvas this is the worst thing ever these things are you know it's, it's just a, a bunch of like you know whatever the, yeah. not, not the most you know reputable individuals that you yeah. have out doing this and so, and so she goes out to I forget which state it was and sets up this canvas and of course just like it has been for years she gets some 
really dedicated young activists in the Latino community who, frankly, don't have the kind of luxury of volunteering because, yeah, right. you know, they're lower income or whatever, and they need to have a job, and they care about these issues, yeah, but yeah. they, you know, don't have the luxury of not getting paid to spend hours and hours a day on a project. Right. And so it turned out that, you know, a month later she calls me and is like, I hate to say this, but I have to tell you, like, you were right. Like, these are some of the best people I've met on the entire campaign, including the primary. Some of our paid canvassers are just amazing people. You know, they really are paying attention in the trainings. They go out and they're really, like, you know, giving it their all, like, trying to explain to voters why they have to come out yeah. um, and vote for Barack Obama. And, um, and, and again, to a, a good portion of folks who who voted against him in the primary, there, there was some real uh, convincing to, to go on there. And... And um, so I guess my, my point is that I do think that the, the paid canvases, at least, phones is a little bit of a different story, um, can have a similar effect. But the the name of the game is you really have to have good training for your canvassers. You have to have repeated contacts with the same individuals, so with the same voters. So yeah. what we've seen, uh, or what I've seen in the last couple cycles, which again, I'm just kind of scratching my head saying, how did this, how do we get here, um, is you'll have paid canvases that just kind of go through and they do a pass, um, meaning they knock on all these doors that are in the universe you're supposed to knock on once, maybe twice, and then they go to the next town or neighborhood or whatever, yeah. and they're like, oh, well, we did two passes. And I'm like, well, how many contacts did you have? I don't care how many times you knocked on right. a, a door. Like, right. the door's not going to vote. I care how many voters you talk to. Yeah, yeah. And nobody seem to track that anymore i don't know why that doesn't make any sense to me right right it's like a, it's like the 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 canvas is like almost like uh like the like they're a mail carrier and then yeah. they're just like i'm here to drop literature off and if i run into a voter and have a conversation great but like let's sort of be like a quick invading army drop off the lid and then go to the next place right whereas what you want is to have um, a volunteer or maybe a couple volunteers that are working the same neighborhood over and over and over for months, right? right, right. Um, so they're making repeated contacts. Uh, you know, one stat that I recently saw was that there was an 8% uh, rate that people were actually opening the door and talking to, to volunteers in 2016. And what that says to me is not that canvassing doesn't work. What that says to me is that people aren't doing canvassing right. Hmm. They don't have precinct captains that are talking to voters over and over again. Yeah. They don't have paid canvassers that are talking to the same voters over and over again because... Yeah. Once you have a voter open the door and talk to you and realize you're not an axe murderer or salesman or whatever, <laughs> right. then when you come back, especially if you're somebody that they now realize they see at the grocery store, they see at Little League, they see at church, whatever, yeah. then they'll open the door again and say, oh, hey, you know, good, good talking to you, what's going on? And you can tell them about whatever new news about your candidate or whatever. And you develop this relationship between an activist and a voter, which is like the central component of what makes field work. Right, right. Um, and somehow we lost that i mean i've just completely lost it and i, and I don't see how we're going to win in uh certainly midterms but maybe even presidential elections if we don't figure out how to get that back because um so much of what's going on in advertising is not working to move undecideds yep. and we've proven over the last 10 years that if barack obama's not on the ballot um you know turnout is going to be dramatically lower and uh, that wasn't always the case, you know, right, and right. that's because we used to do things differently. 
We're in the Democratic Campaigns podcast. I'm Dan Johnson talking with Jake Braun, uh, Deputy National Field Director for the Barack Obama campaign in 2008. With a wealth of experience, this podcast brought to you by Campaign Filer, campaignfiler.com, software for political campaigns to do their campaign finance reports. Now available in Illinois shortly with the Federal Election Commission for all federal congressional campaigns. So the way it used to be was, you know, you you have a volunteer who would talk to target voters in his or her precinct four times, three or four times before GOTV, right? Right, right? Where they were finding out what issues they cared about. They were getting them information on how the candidate stood on those issues. Yeah. They were then, you know, when the candidate had big policy rollouts they were doing, the volunteer was going out with like one page issue, you know, flyers or whatever yeah. on those policies, talking to voters about what questions they had, going back, getting answers to those questions. Yes. Um, do, doing, by the way, handwritten, hand-addressed envelopes with, oh, you know, here, here's our policy uh, on whatever, health care, yeah. um, that they would then hand-address the envelope and, and mail it out um, to folks. And, I mean, volunteer, or voters res- respond to this stuff, right? And then by the end, when you're doing GOTV, yeah. and this person's coming to your door, and the voter's like, eh, I don't know. I've heard all this horrible stuff on TV about your candidate. Right. Our guy has now talked to the person four times and has answered them these questions uh, that they have, or answered them questions that they have about whatever issues. The person now, since, again, you're putting people in their neighborhood, right, yes. has recognized them at their grocery store if they didn't already before, known them from Little League, seen them at church, whatever it was, and are able to say, well, wait a second. So you're telling me that all that's not true, all the right. stuff they're saying on TV about the candidate, and they're like, no, 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 it's not true. They're taken out of context. This was a, you know, whatever it was, right? Yeah, yeah. And A, so you can fight back against that stuff with the most credible possible person next to a family member, right? Right, right. Um, is this person that now you know and trust that lives in your neighborhood. Um, and then, at the same time, when you've got the sporadic voters yeah. who are sitting there like, oh, look, I'm sick. I don't know if I can make it out. Or my kid's got, I don't know, traveling soccer, and i got to go with them to wherever. And they can then really put the screws to him and be like, come on, we've talked about this. Yes. I know you hate this other candidate. We've talked about the fact that, you know, whatever, the, you know, you desperately need uh, Obamacare to continue or, or whatever it is, right? Right, right. And, um, and I so, will get you that ride. Right, exactly, I, whatever know, it is. I know you're lead, you know, and guess what? You can vote early. Mm-hmm. Do you know what? We can vote right now. Look, let, let me take you right now to right. the community center. Let's just lock it in. And didn't your kid just turn 18? Can't we get him registered? Exactly. And and none of that's po- those conversations, those final critically important conversations about, oh, all the stuff you're seeing on TV is not true, yeah. or I don't care what your excuse is, we are going to make sure you figure out how to vote. Those conversations can't happen if you didn't have the other conversations repeatedly between the same activist and the same voter right. in advance. Right. 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 Um, and so, and, the, and that is just gone. That is just absent from democratic politics now. And again, I don't know what happened between 08 and now, but it's not there. Yeah. And, and, and but the thing is, it's not hard. It, right. it, it, all you, it's hard to, it's hard to like execute. It's not hard to think through. It's basically, I've got X amount of precincts in my district. Yep. That means I need X amount of volunteers that are going to go talk to uh, the targeted voters in those precincts, you know, preferably four times before GOTV, and then yep. at least twice during GOTV, preferably three times. And so, like right now, the campaigns that are emerging for eighteen, they are getting volunteers, and in droves, it sounds like. Yeah, like the resistance is on, right? It's mm-hmm. happening. And your advice to campaigns is to say, when your volunteer, you know, fills out the the website, I want to help form, or shows up, 
one thing you want to do with those that can, and at least half volunteers can do this, is to say, let me tell you what a precinct is, and let me tell you where you live, and what I'd like you to do is talk to your neighbors and start now. Yeah, and I, I would add one, one other piece under that, yeah. and I've seen this personally myself. I mean, the greatest place in the world to see this is in Iowa during the caucuses, yeah. um, but you, it happens everywhere, where if you give a precinct captain a win number, and you do what I just described doing for the whole campaign, and you right. say, okay, in your precinct, to get us the number of votes we need to win the whole district, yep. um, what I need you to do is to get to whatever, 112 votes. Yes. And we think that, you know, of that, 60 people are going to come out no matter what we do. Yeah. So really what I what you need to help me do is get to the other 52 or right. whatever it is. Right. And so that's going to be made up of 37 uh, sporadics and, you know, whatever, 15 undecided or something go, like you gotta that. you got to go earn 15. Right. Right. And so here's our pool of sporadics. Here's our pool of undecideds. Go talk to them and, and get me my 57 votes. Yeah. And, and then it, it, I think that there's something that – there is a message to be that is a true message to give to all the activists that are out there um you know look doing the lord's work at these town halls and marches and everything else um that you can say look the one thing that you can do uh that will be the most beneficial possible thing yep. to stop donald trump from doing whatever he's going to do yeah. in in 2019 and 20 yeah um is to hit this win number in your precinct yeah that is the number one thing you can do. Yeah. And believe me, I've seen this in, in caucuses and so on. Man, you get a win number in these motivated activists' head who really want to change you know, yeah. the, the country for the better. And, I mean, they will, they will take off time from work. They will bring in their family to help. I mean, they will do yeah. you know, stuff that you never even would have imagined they would do right. to do it. However, the converse of that, by the way, and you can tell this by the, by the low volunteerism numbers in 16, um, is that if you say to somebody, hey, come here, you know, great, you signed up, awesome, come to the phone bank on Wednesday, and then they come in and you're like, here's a list. Right. You know? Right. And then they leave and um, maybe they come in on Sunday and you're like, okay, well, here's the list, go knock these doors. But they're, they're, they have no understanding how does this translate into right. us winning this district. Right. It's just a list. I don't know, are these sporadic voting Democrats? Are they persuadables? Yeah. How many of them do I need to get? Like, does it matter? I mean, again, because they're... Frankly, now just doing passes, not even contacts. So, right. do I even have a goal number of people I'm supposed to contact before I leave? Yeah, yeah. Like, much less a win number. I right. mean, then what you get is people who show up three times and say, I don't know why I'm doing this. I've got more important things to do in life, and they never come back. Right, right. And there must be something, I think it's something like there's half a million precincts in the country. That sounds about right. Yeah, Louisiana, they don't have them, oddly. I, they call them something else. Maybe it's the Napoleonic Code, <laughs> right? But, like, there are 500,000 people scattered uniformly through the country that, if asked, with a tiny bit of guidance, could be precinct captains. Oh, without question. I mean, the I'm sure there's going to be a march in the next two months that will have 500,000 people <laughs> right. nationally. That people you know, will fly it. to Washington and drop <laughs> right. a G right. in order to be there. Which, it, look, it's great, it's awesome, it's energy right. building. But we are falling down on saying the vote, finding that random neighbor, that old dude or the weird guy on your block and convincing him to just show up at the community center, that is the source of all power. Well, and the other thing about it that I think is so important, um, and again, I've seen this 
uh, go back to Iowa, but in other yeah. places as well, where you know um, the analytics and and what it's kind of turned uh, campaigns into is you know maybe I don't know if we're going to talk about it in this podcast yeah, or another right. one, but you're going to have um, to come back now. <laughs> <laughs> Once you've got your analytics in place, oftentimes the best person to be able to call bullshit on your analytics is your precinct captain, right? Because they often are the one who, again, and this only happens if you give them a win number and tell them how far away they are from it. Yeah, that's interesting. Is that, and again, I've seen this, where yeah, yeah. where a, pe- a person will go and they'll hit all the undecideds and they'll come back and they'll be like, look, I, I can't find, I can't get to the 15 number you need me to get to. You know, yeah. you give me 45 undecideds, I can't get, pa- I can't get past 10 or whatever it is, right? Right, right. Um, and then, you know, with my sporadics, again, I can't get to the number you want me to. And you're like, well, look, I mean, we're not going to win the district if we don't hit the number in your precinct. And they say, well, why is this the only list I have? Can you just give me the list of the whole precinct? And then I'll see if I know anybody else. And then all of a sudden, they're like, well, wait a second. I know those three kids. I used to babysit them, you know, when they were whatever. And, you know, now they're 20 or whatever and live, you know, with their parents. So I will ensure that they absolutely vote for this. I know that they're Democrats or I know that they're whatever. And, uh, oh, wait, why isn't what's-his-face on the list? You know, he was just at our something or other, you know. And that's all the stuff that... You know, even any good analytics person would tell you, like, yeah, we can't catch all that. I mean, right. we're running a national model, or even if it's state-specific. Um, but they can, right? And yes. so when your model's wrong, they'll be able to go in and say, or it isn't catching everybody, they'll be able to go in and say, oh, here, I can get this person, that person, and well, so on and so forth. I tell you, bringing up another uh, pet peeve of mine is that I think we systematically under-communicate with the unregistered, who are the most Democratic Americans, and we systematically under-mobilize the unlikely to vote, who again are often the most democratic Americans. Um, And so sort of the rise of the data people to sort of define, hey, this is our model, we're so smart, right? This is, we've decided that's it, and we're sticking to our algorithm, misses, to my way of thinking, um, the changes that constantly occur in a democracy when new citizens show up and people change their minds Mm -hmm. and the only way that uh, what I'm hearing you say is the best way the most authentic way to really capture what people are feeling isn't the polls and isn't running the numbers it's when your volunteers are talking to people at the door and they're calling bullshit on your campaign or they're not Mm -hmm. yeah absolutely I mean you know look I I would um, certainly not advocate that you don't do analytics, of course. Right, like you right. should do it to start out at the most efficient place possible. But at some point, there's got to be a human in the loop, right? Who's sitting there saying, "Wait, you missed that guy, or you missed this one, or yeah. or oh, but and this happened in the last election. By the way, isn't this supposed to be a, a democratic-based universe you've given me? Because there's a hell of a lot of Trump people that I'm finding. Right? Isn't that a problem? You know, right. which right. you know, I rem- <laughs> I remember people saying, "Yeah, the volunteers are coming back saying." that there's, they're talking to a bunch of Trump people, and they're like, I thought we weren't doing persuasion. And we were like, uh, well, we're not doing persuasion. That's a base universe. <laughs> so wait, what? There's all these Trump people on the list? What are you talking about? So, I mean, it's, it's, so it's, yeah. it's good for that as well, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. So on top of that, um, one of the things that I've been, you know, you mentioned your kind of pet peeves. One of the things that's been my, one of my pet peeves since, since the election is as I see, you know, some really wonderful, well-meaning people out marching and uh, going to town halls and, and doing a whole host of things that I think are truly necessary to, to you know, hold, hold the administration and others accountable. 
what I'm really concerned about is that we as a party seem to have clearly forgotten how to turn out the African-American community for uh, elections when Barack Obama is not on the ticket. Right. And, you know, the way it used to be was that, oh, well, in presidential years, uh, minority communities, youth, um, the, the youth community, whatever, um, would come out, but in presidential years and, and so on, not in, in midterms. It was largely a midterm problem. Yeah. What we saw in 16 was that Trump did a good job of turning out the Latino community and the Arab and Muslim community for us. However, African-American turnout was, you know, 12% lower yep. um, in 16 than it was in, in 2012 yep. in Michigan, yep. in Pennsylvania, and Wisconsin. Pennsylvania, I think, was slightly better. Um, and so why is that, right? I mean, yeah. what, what is it that we're, that we're not doing that we used to do back as early as 2004 and, and 2000 and so on? It's, some of that is voter suppression with voter ID laws, but some of it is that we're not doing the job right anymore. Yeah, I mean, like, the, the ID laws and everything else is certainly an issue. But, I mean, let me put it to you this way. You know, in, in Wisconsin, in yeah. Michigan, uh, Pennsylvania, which I'm a little bit less familiar with, you know, they had massive canvases going on in the African-American precincts in those states um, that started months in advance of Election Day. And, again, talking about repeated contact with voters, um, on an ongoing basis, they had, you know, multiple three, four, five contacts that were being made with voters yeah. uh, before before election day, and and by the way, a lot of that has to do with cleaning up your lists because uh, low-income communities uh, are often uh, have they move around more, right? Sure. So you're changing apartments and so on, and so a lot of times the lists are really bad, and so you it sometimes will take a month or two just to clean up the list so that when you're doing GOTV the last four days, you're talking to the people who actually live in that neighborhood as right. opposed to a bunch of people who don't. Um, and what I don't see us doing now is trying to figure out how do we fix the uh, turnout problem that we have, uh, that we had in the last election in the African-American community. And by the way, with Trump not on the ballot in 18, right. I'm not sure we're not going to have this problem again with the Latino community and with uh, youth. Right. Um, and so... There, there seems to be little to no effort right now being put on figuring out how do we solve that problem. Excellent point. If you are working on that, if your campaign has figured out a good way to engage volunteers, if you are running a good precinct captain organization, I want you on the podcast. Email me at dan at campaignfiler.com. Uh, we're looking for guests uh, that are as smart, engaged, and uh, working it as hard as Jake. Um, and um, we're going to try to get to you a couple times a week um, with uh, Democratic campaign managers, operatives, candidates, so we can have our candid conversation about where we are as a party, where we need to be, uh, learn some tips, techniques, best practices. My best takeaway from this one was that step one of getting a precinct captain is getting them a precinct-specific win number. That is a great specific technique. And if we don't have a win number for each precinct, that is uh, first week on the job. Every Absolutely. single campaign, we need a win number for the campaign, uh, for the entire district or state, and a win number for every precinct. So when that volunteer comes in, this is the precinct you live. If you're willing to do it, this is your win number for your precinct. Um, could I put in a shameless Please? plug for, for one of my clients? So yeah. uh, the, um, I, I would like to say that the, the Michigan Democratic Party, who, as you can imagine, was as, as uh, upset about 
16 as, as everybody else was, has taken this all very seriously. And I'm really impressed with they, the fact that they have people knocking on doors um, now. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, please send your feedback over to me, dan at campaignfiler.com. Um, look forward to getting the next one. Jake, thank you very much for coming in. And uh, we'll see you in the, I guess we won't see you. You listen to us. <laughs> <laughs> Next time. Until you turn it into a TV show. <laughs> New media.